Dracula. I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Hart, to my heart. Come Our first award goes to the vampires for most blood drained in a single evening. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. fellow vampire lovers the sun is going down and you know what that means it's time for me to record another episode of my podcast the beautiful dead as always i'm your host lena nazari you can find me on social media you can uh look for the beautiful dead podcast or just go to lenanazari.com see links to my social media you can email me that's lena at lenanazari.com and also see links to my social media you can join my fanged family and get updates before anybody else you can join my street team we're having a blast on the street team they have a special place in my not beating heart and i appreciate everything they are doing to get the word out about my books and about this podcast When you hear this podcast, I will actually be boarding a cruise ship to Bermuda. So no worries. You're still going to get all your episodes. I'm pre-recording everything before I go, so you still get your episodes. If you hear some tinkling in the background, that would be the kitten. I have distracted him with toys, so he will leave me alone long enough to record this podcast. You know what? I'm going to post a picture of him on my social media. I don't know if I have already, but I will post him so you guys can meet him. Um, Forgot how bad kittens are. (laughs) It's like having a toddler on crack in the house. So I have distracted him with tinkly toys. So that's what you're hearing in the background. Let's just get right into it. Um, I'm excited about this one. Uh, It's been on my list since I started this podcast And it's the Innocent Blood, Innocent Blood. I believe it was 1992, I want to say this movie came out. Um, Saw it when I was probably too young to be watching it, and it always stuck with me. And it's one of those ones that if it pops up on TV um, or I stumble across it, I have to watch it. So I was very excited to review it for this podcast. For those of you who have not seen it, um, I just want to tell you right now, huge spoiler alert, I'm going to ruin everything. If you've never listened to this podcast before, that's kind of what I do. So I'm going to start out by summarizing the entire movie. So for those of you who have not seen it, at least you'll know what I am talking about. Marie is a vampire in modern Pittsburgh with a moral code that limits her blood sucking to the criminal elements of society. After feasting on mafioso Tony Silva, she shoots him in the head with a shotgun to cover up the bite marks on his neck and to prevent him from coming back as a vampire. Undercover cop Joseph Gennaro visits the crime scene but has taken off his assignment of infiltrating the crime family of Salvatore, a.k.a. Sal the Shark, Michelli, and and is put into protective custody 
by the district attorney for being seen at the crime scene by the media. The next night, Marie seduces Sal, who takes her back to his mansion for dinner. She's warded off when Val serves garlic mussels and tries to escape through the bathroom window but finds it barred up. Sal attempts to rape her, but Marie overpowers him and drains his blood. Before she can finish him off, Sal's limousine driver intervenes and she's forced to flee. Gennaro investigates the scene and follows a trail of blood to a nearby church where he finds and chases Marie. When Gennaro gets back to his car, Marie finds him and demands that he drives her to the morgue where Sal was taken. Sal, who's now a vampire, awakens in the morgue and steals a car to drive to the home of his attorney, Manny, after being seen by police and reporters in his escape. Outside the morgue, Gennaro leaves Marie and with his colleagues, Detective Dave Finton and Steve Morales, and goes to Bergman's house to pursue Sal. Marie escapes from custody and follows him. At Bergman's home, Sal drinks Bergman's blood and Gennaro is captured by Lenny and Jacko. The three mobsters take Gennaro to the docks and attempt to kill him using the compactor of a garbage truck. But Marie arrives, saves him, and kills Sal's men, but Sal escapes. Gennaro and Marie attempt to pursue him, but the sun rises and Marie has to retreat into a motel. Sal hides in a meat factory that he owns. Bergman is transferred to a hospital after becoming a vampire and is burned alive when a nurse opens the window to let the sunlight in. In the motel, Gennaro and Marie confess their feelings for each other and have sex. The next night, Sal travels to a strip club that he owns and begins turning his men into vampires like him. Gennaro and Marie begin searching mafia hangouts for Sal. Finton and Morales track him down to the strip club, but Sal's men kill Finton. Marie and Gennaro arrive in time to save Morales and kill Sal's men by shooting them in the head. They chase Sal out into the street where he causes a collision between a taxi and a bus. Gennaro kills him by igniting him with the leaking gas of the bus and then shoots him in the head. Marie can no longer handle being the monster that she is and attempts to commit suicide by sunlight, stating that she died a long time ago. Gennaro talks her out of it and tells her that he loves her. Gennaro books her into a nearby hotel and Marie states in a voiceover that he made her feel alive and decides to make him a vampire. So that is Innocent Blood in a nutshell. Um, just a little bit of trivia, though... Although this movie is about vampires, the word is never spoken. They never say the word vampire. Um, in one of the scenes, Jacko is actually watching the 1958 movie Horror of Dracula with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. And then also later in the movie, we see Bella Lugosi's Dracula playing on a television. So nice little like vampiric nods. Uh, it, this was shot in Pittsburgh. It's in an area called Bloomfield, which we actually call Little Italy. And you get to see a lot of Pittsburgh in this movie. Um, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about that towards the end. But just some trivia. I searched and searched. Um, there was not as many vampiric crossovers as I expected because this is sort of a star-studded cast. But we do have a handful. So... Robert Loggia, who plays Sal in this movie, was also in a movie called Sicilian Vampire, which I'm definitely going to add to my watch list. I'm imagining it's pretty awful. Kim Coates is in this movie. He plays um, one of the thugs, and he is also in a show called Van Helsing. 
And then he's in the 1990 Dracula, the TV series. And then Angela Bassett plays the district attorney in this. And she, of course, is in American Horror Story Hotel, which is one of the very first episodes I did. And I think is one of the ones I eventually want to redo. But those are our vampiric crossovers. Um, I was actually surprised that Anthony LaPaglia was not in other vampire stuff. He does a lot of work, but I looked. He wasn't. All right, let's break it down. Relationship to humans. The vampires are relatively unknown to humans in this world. Uh, it takes people um, not too long to recognize and accept vampires in this movie, which is pretty interesting. It hops around pretty quickly and like all of a sudden they just accept their vampires and all of a sudden they're in love. So <laughs> it's very sudden, but it works. It's a 90s movie. It is what it is. Appearance. These vampires look fairly human. The only thing is, is their eyes do change color based on their moods. So kind of like mood rings. We see red when she's feeding, green when she's confronted by the cop or is trying to scare someone off. And then during sex, they actually change throughout. Like I'm guessing based on what she's feeling or orgasm or something. And we do actually see that in um, Underworld as well, but we see it in this one. Fangs. <sighs> I'm sad to report. When I went back and watched this, this is one of those ones, again, like just has a little special place in my soul. And um, when I went back and rewatched it for this podcast, I was I was sad to notice that these vampires do not have fangs. They bite and tear with regular teeth. Blood. It is an all-blood diet for these vampires. At a few of the crime scenes, the coroner even mentions several pints of blood are missing from the bodies. So she drinks a fair amount every time she feeds. Uh, in the beginning, she mentions that she's gone a week without food, so we also know she does not have to feed every night. Food. We see Marie react to some of the food that Sal puts out, and then we find out it's garlic, and that's what she has an aversion to. Uh, and then later when Sal is freshly turned, he grabs raw meat and starts to tear into it. It doesn't cure his hunger and eventually he realizes he needs to drink blood, but it's not like he vomits up the steaks. So I guess they're able to eat should they want to, but it's not going to satiate anything. So what's the point? Holy items. We see Marie in a church surrounded by holy relics. For those of you who don't know, this is a highly Catholic city. So she's in this big ornate Catholic church full of holy water and crucifixes and she she doesn't react so clearly holy items do not work sunlight we see sal start to smoke in the dawn light and then he finds refuge before the sun is up we see manny who is freshly turned in the hospital room he stands to eat the nurse and she yanks back the curtains causing him to burn and then he starts to kind of break apart and then he just sort of disintegrates so sunlight does destroy these vampires Sleeping. Marie sleeps in a bed. She just has to be out of the light. She even says to Gennaro, like, I'm trusting you to make sure no sunlight gets in here. Sal sleeps in a meat freezer, which is like the most Italian Pittsburgh thing I think I've ever seen. Sleeping in a meat freezer with like a rump roast as a pillow. Oh, um, there was a, a couple really great cameos in this movie. Uh, Sam Raimi pops up and then... Um, Oh, no, I'm going to blank on his name. 
Tom Savini. Tom Savini is a very famous makeup artist who's like a Pittsburgh treasure. And he pops up as a paparazzi in this movie. Young. A young Tom Savini and a young Sam Raimi. I was like, oh, that's Pittsburgh for you. Uh, moving on. Rules. We know that they don't need to be invited in because Sal just bursts into his attorney's house. Um, and we see Marie look at her reflection several times. So we know they have a reflection. As for crossing running water, we never really see that addressed. Although if you can't cross running water, this is a terrible city to live in because you're constantly crossing rivers. This is, this is like, we, everybody refers to like how many bridges there are in Pittsburgh and rivers. So I'm assuming they can cross running water or else they would be not able to really go anywhere. Can you hear the tinkling ball in the background? Oh my goodness. I don't know how long that's going to keep him distracted. So we're just going to keep going. Oh, here he comes. Powers. It is implied that um, Marie can fly and they're doing that with like camera work in the church. So the implication is that she's flying through the church. We see her jump from a high building and climb the side of another. She's extremely strong. She throws a man. She breaks out of handcuffs, opens a locked door just with her own strength. Uh, they have heightened senses. Sal knows that Gennaro is outside of the house just by smell, and he mentions how good his hearing is. Oh, no, he brought the ball into the podcast room. If that gets too annoying, I will I will pause and record later. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you guys, definitely go on Instagram and see, see this little kitten that I'm dealing with right now. Um... His vision is very sensitive to light, so it's an extremely good vision. However, they're very sensitive even to like light in rooms, so they're always yelling about turning off lights. We know that they heal fast because Lenny has a broken foot, and then once he's turned, it's just healed. He just like breaks the cast off. Sal is hit by a bus. He's actually sandwiched between a bus and a cab and then caught on fire. <laughs> Um, and then finally shot in the head. So he was a little tough to kill. And Marie is shot in the stomach several times and, and heals. So obviously they heal very well. How are they made? Um, if fed from, but no one severs the head from the body, they will rise. So it's pretty easy. You just have to be bit. Um, Sal rises in just like a matter of hours and then Lenny turns in the trunk of a car while they're riding downtown. So what, I don't know, 20 minutes. So that's pretty fast. When they're first turned, their skin is very mottled, but once they feed, then their skin is back to normal. It completes the turn and then they just look human again. Do they have heartbeats and breathe? I thought it wasn't going to be able to address this, but when Manny turns, he's actually connected to a vitals machine. So we actually see the heartbeat and respirations. They stop just for a second and then they start back up again, implying that that was when he died and rose again. So we know that the vamps have heartbeats and breathe because we get to see it on the vitals machine. <laughs> I just had to pause because the kitten jumped up on the desk and was jumping on my keyboard. My goodness. Anyone want a kitten? I'm kidding. Don't come take my kitten. How are they killed? We know stabbing doesn't work because Sal is stabbed and it doesn't face him at all. We see four vamps die from bullets to the brain. One dies from a broken neck. So it appears really you just need to destroy the connection of the brain to the body or expose them to sunlight. 
Um, the very first vamp after Marie feeds on him, she it's a shotgun blast to the face. So yeah, that'll do it. Are they good or are they bad? Like many vampire universes, bad people make bad vampires, good people make good vampires. Marie does need to feed to survive. However, she does choose to go after criminals. And um, she does make sure that she kills them when she's done so she doesn't make more vampires. We can get into an ethical debate about if that makes her good or bad because she's still killing people, even though they're criminals. But this is not an ethics podcast. This is a vampire podcast. So we're going to call her a good vampire. On the contrary, Sal immediately uses his new power to feed and create an army of mob vampires. So bad. He is a bad vampire. Tropes I love and tropes I hate. I love the idea of mafia vampires. I have a feeling the Sicilian vampire thing that I stumbled across is probably the same idea, but these guys did it first, okay? Um, the idea of like a mob full of vampires ruling Pittsburgh kind of makes me smile. I mean, Sal is talking about his plan. He's like, um, we're going to take out the Cubans and the Jamaicans and all the other criminal enterprises until the Italians are in charge of everything. Can you imagine Pittsburgh ruled by Italian vampire mobsters, which I assume will eventually spread to Jersey and New York, and then they're just going to take over. I mean, if you're going to do it, Pittsburgh's the place to start. <clears throat> um Tropes I hate. I think you guys already know what I'm going to say. I've made myself abundantly clear on this podcast. I hate when vampires have human teeth. I would take a mouthful of sharp fangs over human teeth. I hate it. It makes me cringe when they just tear at throats with human teeth. Uh, I don't like it. We're just going to move on. I've made myself so, so clear about this. All right, everyone's favorite, the ratings. How scary or evil are the vampires of innocent blood? We need to not just look at the vampires themselves in this one, but we have to remember that these vamps are made guys. They are ready to kill without hesitation. They spread extremely fast. They're hard to kill, they're fast and strong. They heal quickly, they can climb walls, apparently they can fly. And considering their vast connections to crime, these guys are a big problem. But while yes, they are fast and strong, bullets do work on these guys. As long as you're a good shot and you have a shotgun or a handgun, you're good. So you don't have to get close. And they are limited to night. However, I am giving them a very respectable 7 out of 10 stakes to the heart for evilness and scare factor. I would not want to meet one of these vampires downtown on the strip district. That's all I'm going to say. How sexy or alluring are the vampires of innocent blood? Okay, so Marie is very sexual. She's very sensual and sexy. The bedroom scene between her and Gennaro is very spicy. But the other vampires, the wise guys, not so much. They are all violence and crime. So they really bring down the sex appeal quite a bit. They obviously have no pull to them as the humans are horrified and just try and get away from these guys. 
Even Gennaro needs time to fall for Marie. In the beginning, he wants her arrested. He wants her like executed, but then eventually he does fall in love with her. It's probably her really super hot naked body. I give them four out of 10 onks for sexiness and allure. Um, like I said, Marie, this was not your fault. It was totally the boys. They ruined it for everybody. My thoughts. I remember watching this movie. I had to have been like 13 or 14. I probably caught it on cable. And it's one of those ones that has always stuck with me. So little did I know that years later, I would rewatch this movie and be like, wait a second. The, the very first scene where I realized it was Pittsburgh, it actually wasn't the little Italy scene because downtown has changed a lot. And they were down in Station Square, not Station Square. They're down in the square, uh, down by the theaters, and um, that has changed a lot. But there's a shot when they first find the body and Gennaro shows up at the crime scene. It's up on the hill. It looks over the bridge in the city. And I was like, wait a second, that's Pittsburgh. So then I looked it up and I was like, yep, it was shot in Pittsburgh. Um, so little did I know I would live in the city where this was shot. And Pittsburgh is like a character in the movie because it's so well represented. You get to see so much of the city. And they're even referring to like Shadyside and Bloomfield and it's, it's, I rewatching and I was like, oh my God, how did I never know this was Pittsburgh? But it's because I, I didn't live here at the time. It is the perfect setting for the story. Let's be honest, this premise could have come off as utterly ridiculous. I imagine pitching it being like, okay, so there's these mobsters and they're turned into vampires. And I, I, would, I would worry that it was just going to come across stupid, but the actors make this movie. I'm telling you, the city and the actors like make this movie a classic. They are 110% in every moment, and it makes a huge difference. And because they were all in and they took it seriously, they bring this whole idea to life. When this movie came out, it was in the midst of a run of vampire films. Like, it was Buffy, Interview with the Vampire, Lost Boys, Bram Stoker's Dracula, From Dusk Till Dawn, Blade, John Carper's vamp uh, Vampires, all came out in this, like, stream of, like, six years in the 90s. And this one came out right in the midst of that. But it is so unique. So that's what makes it stand out. It is unique. It is different. It is, it is gritty. It is fun. So it's like Goodfellas or godfather but with vampires so so good if you have not seen it i highly recommend you go watch it right now it is fun it is different it holds up it's very 90s it's very pittsburgh but i just love it so much it is one that i will go back to probably time and time again when you know everyone has those movies like once a year they're like yeah I'm, I'm gonna sit down and watch that again this is one of those i do still have it on dvd i should post my dvd collection you know what? let me write that down so i can remember so go to my instagram i am going to post i'm actually making notes as i'm talking to you i will post a picture of the kitten and I'll do that today as I'm recording so you can see it before this is up. And then um, I am going to post a picture of my DVD collection. Yep, that's right, DVD. And yes, I do have a DVD player still. All right, guys, that's enough for me. This is a quick one today. I, As I said, I'm climbing on a cruise ship to Bermuda. I'm going to spend five days with my oldest daughter, just her and me. I'm very, very excited before she 
finishes her senior year and goes off to college. So wish us luck. Uh, I will be posting tons of pictures as I'm getting on the ship and then after the ship, because of course we do not have um, Wi-Fi when we're on the ocean. So watch for that stuff. Next week, you will still be getting an episode. That will be the movie Super Hot, which is available on Amazon Prime if you want to go watch it before I record. The jingle jangling you're hearing right now is the kitten. He's right here. He's actually looking at the mic right now. If I could get him to talk for you, I would. In the meantime, I love you guys. Please be safe. Enjoy the end of your summer. I wish you wicked hugs and bloody kisses. Good evening.